How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined yet again by my good, good friend, J.W. Crewall. J.W., how are you doing today? Riley, I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing well, man. I gotta say, I'm really tired today. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll keep it short and sweet. It, it's nothing to do with my thoughts on the podcast. I just, I just woke up and I've been tired all day, you know? You ever have those yeah. days? I do have those. I always think like something is wrong with me, like my health or something, or like, I don't know, just I, I something is wrong with my brain or something, and now I'm in a downward spiral. Yeah, and this is it. Like, you're doomed now. Yeah, you're right. Like my life will never be the same because I woke up and I was tired and just <laughs> it's bad. I don't know. I'm kind of having the opposite problem, though, where I'm waking up really, really early. Yeah, and I can't figure out why. Like I used to sleep for eight hours, nine hours, like if I could, like it was very consistent. I would wake up at a very consistent time, right about eight o'clock, seven thirty-eight, And now I'm waking up at like six, six thirty. <laughs> and I, I've had like pretty much high energy the, the whole day or at least enough energy to get me through the day. So I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. I, I always say that, uh, it's more about the cycle than it is about like the quantity of sleep that you get or, right. like when you wake up. Like I, I wake up pretty early on, on weekends included. Um, and you know, if I, as long as I wake up when I actually, you know, physically just am ready to wake up, then I usually right. feel pretty rested. Right. It's, it's when the alarm interrupts you midway through your, your life cycle that you get destroyed. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> at, at least in my experience. So did you do anything fun over the holiday weekend? No, we tried to stay as safe as possible. Um, trying to think about what Ann and I did. If it's not written down on my calendar, it probably wasn't notable enough to speak out <laughs> loud. We played some games of Terraforming Mars. We cooked a trifle. Well, it's not really cooking, but it's a dessert. I guess we do have to cook. We cooked the angel food cake, but a yeah. trifle is basically just, I mean, you know what a trifle is, but for our listeners, if you don't know what a trifle is, it's a dessert of many stacked layers. Usually there's like a custard layer and, you know, probably some fruit and some kind of cake or something like that. We ended up using angel food cake, made it with strawberries. We put fresh strawberries. We put a lemon custard. We had a strawberry like compote that we put in there and then we topped it with whipped cream and wow. strawberries quite the quite the extravagant uh trifle you end up making it i know are you salivating it uh, i had my own dessert i made uh i made these cookies they were chocolate chip cookies so like nothing you know mind-blowing but uh i did something called browning the butter where you like yes. melt it in in the pan and then you yes you put it in the fridge and like let it re-solidify yeah. Um, and it makes like a different, more like nutty solution. Um, yeah. And then what it leads to is the cookies stay like really soft and yummy, um, even for like multiple days after baking them. So those were super good. I brought those yeah. in um, to the office and just set them. I individually bagged them all and put them outside my office for um, for like my team members on the project that I'm running to grab. Yeah. And that's great i bet they loved them yeah yeah they got good reviews um, i'm out of cookies now so nothing left well that's probably good for your for your health yeah yeah i suppose so <laughs> <laughs> we've been watching this show it's called final table on netflix 
And the premise of the show is that there's pairs of chefs and they get together. You know, there's maybe like 10 or 15 chefs pairs that all get together and they have this cooking competition, but these are like not amateurs. They are, you know, world renowned Michelin star chefs. Uh And it's just been really interesting. They cook uh, a different cuisine every round and then one person gets voted off. And I don't know. I, I think the production value is so high that I would just recommend it to anyone, even if they're not like a food person or even if they don't like food competitions. I think it's just been a good show. My wife and I have been really enjoying it. That's awesome. I've been, uh, I finally caved and have started diving really deep into Avatar, the last year okay. on Netflix. That's been fun. Um, have you never seen it? No, I I watched it as it was coming out as a oh, as a kid. Okay, okay. Um, but this is my first time like revisiting it, and it's it's been really fun. It's a it's a great show. It is a very good show. Let's dive into Poke though. So. For those of you who are unaware, the Players' Cup is just on the horizon. Everyone who's fought hard over the the month of June is getting their big payoff with the Players' Cup Invitational Tournament. Um, So that top 256 players from North America are going to compete to get a top spot and get that stipend to one of the international championships. That's right. Really cool event. Uh, kind of the culmination of the effort for all those people who put those tournament tickets in to, to qualify. And so, no doubt, it's going to be an exciting show. Uh, still in the Rebel Clash format. So, uh, I don't think we'll see anything too groundbreaking in the in the world of the meta. But let's talk about what we think that will, will end up looking like. So, we're coming sure. off the Limitless Invitational where it ended up being that Spiritomb was was definitely the king uh finishing mm-hmm. first and second uh with yeah. that tomb count variant with the eveltal doom count um some other notable choices for that tournament there was a stall deck that made an appearance um zashi and combo still showing make a strong showing um at to the dismay of azul that it <laughs> he ran into a glitch at one point into the tournament yes um, but i still think a powerful deck jw what do you think Coming off of Limitless, is Spiritomb still the main player heading into the Players' Cup? Well, I don't think so. And the reason is because Spiritomb was primarily a counter choice for the main decks. And so you look at a deck like, um, you know, Pikaram, which Spiritomb absolutely obliterates. Uh, and and Pikaram is, I still think, a very good choice four players in the Players' Cup and also performed well pretty much across the board at every Limitless qualifier Yeah, uh, among other, you know, tournaments that were held online. But Spiritum to me was the ultimate counter choice. It had a lot of techs that were specific to certain matchups that won the matchup but could be easily teched against. The primary example is the Black Market. Yeah. And if players didn't play... Uh, any kind of counter stadium in their combo-zation deck, then they just almost automatically lost to that one single card. So <laughs> coming out of nowhere, that's a really good play, right? If nobody's yeah. playing that in their combo uh, stadium in their combo-zation, then you play the Black Market in your Spirit Tomb and you get that matchup, uh, like almost a free matchup against a Tier 1 deck. Like, yes, you know, then that <laughs> makes it a strong choice. Now that everyone has figured out Spirit Tomb is this counterplay, I think a lot of these decks will be a lot more prepared for it. 
Yeah. So I definitely agree with a lot of what you said there. I, I, I also feel like just uh, continuing on that vein, yeah. why Spiritomb might not be the best choice is these are, uh, you know, 256 players that are competing and I expect them to be just very invested and I expect them to be, um, you know, some of the, the better players or at least the most um, invested in the online metagame. And so I think Dragapult will make a big showing. And so yeah, that to tough. me also really kind of hinders Spiritomb uh, to the point that I don't love Spiritomb. I think it will, you know, see play. I just don't think that it'll be a go-to choice for a lot of players. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of interesting points to digest there. Um, first thing you call out is that it was sort of a surprise counterpick. I, I think I largely agree with that, but I was thinking I was on my way to get lunch today. Um, and I was thinking about the fact that uh, Kevin talked about stuff like exactly what you're saying, like the black market being countered by stadiums um, and all sorts of other stuff that he had mentioned, like people teching in you know, shuckles and special energy blocking Pokemon and uh, other miscellaneous techs, like even Blizzard Town is a potential tech. Um, now I was trying to think what I could do to a deck to spruce up its Spirit 2 matchup. Um, right. And the more I thought about it, I actually felt like there wasn't a ton that could realistically be done that Spiritomb couldn't keep up with. Um, and I'm sure you know what I mean by that, but like Spiritomb could similarly tech for the techs. Uh, and, and of course you end up in like a somewhat odd spiral <laughs> where everyone's yeah, teching for yeah. each other in different ways. Um, <laughs> sure. So, you know, there's push and pull there. Um, but I think ultimately what I'm getting at is that I think Spiritomb is still a top contender. Um, one thing I think you call it that's that I think is more so troubling for Spiritomb is that Dragapult matchup. Um, when we had yeah. Kevin on, he very clearly laid out like his path to win, but he also very specifically specified that it was difficult. Um, yeah. And so having to deal with a lot of Dragapult just seems exhausting, if nothing else. Yeah. And and I also worry about another matchup for Spiritomb, and that's the ADPZ matchup. Now, ADPZ is... I personally like it. I mean, ADPZ versus Combo Z, there are some uh, intricacies there. Uh, but ADPZ would, at least from my from my testing, right, has a good matchup into ADP Spiritomb if you can play some big charm. And yeah. there's some counterplay if the Spiritomb plays a tool scrapper and you have big charm on your Zation. And, you know, there's some counterplay there. But generally speaking, if you're able to get the ADP off, uh, then you should win the Spirit 2 matchup just because they struggle to take the one-shot knockout. So, like, that's another deck that I see as, as on the up-and-up, ADP just kind of resurging back into relevancy, I think, because of uh, a, a few reasons, but I think primarily because of kind of a, a shift away from hammers of the general metagame and um, oh, definitely yeah and so i i think spiritomb now you know has another kind of tough matchup that is a very good deck as opposed to just you know just having dragapult as like the tier one kind of you know iffy matchup now you have a another tier one adp z deck that will give you problems and and i think personally for me i think the adp z is going to be a choice of a lot of players yeah so i think that's a that brings an interesting point that i specifically wanted to touch on as well adpz versus combos option 
use specifically called out when you're talking it. There's a lot of intricacies there. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, there's the, push and oh, pull. Yeah. Obviously, like you have to make certain accommodations to make both in your play style and in your matchups to make the combo Zashian really effective. Um, and then ADPZ has other areas where it sh- really, really shines. In your opinion, which of the two is the better choice for this weekend? Uh, if I were playing, I would go with ADPZ, but I think we're just kind of splitting hairs at this point. It's really like, what shade of blue would you like? Do you like Cerulean or Navy? You know, they both kind of feel like a similar flavor of the same dish to borrow a <laughs> cooking reference. And so <laughs> I I think they both have a lot of merits. Now, I personally am more comfortable with ADPZ. And again, we were talking about a lot of decks are just generally shifting away from hammers. That might not be the case for the Players' Cup, but that's what we have seen in the progression of the metagame. Mm-hmm. And so you have an ADPZ and you can tech for the combosation matchup by playing either you know two... Uh, big charm or to frying pan something that forces them to have to you know go around a zashin yeah uh and so if you do that then you know they have to have tool scrapper at the right time and there's that's the big challenge there but uh, adpz versus zashin against the field i think it's almost a wash i don't really i couldn't really say like oh yes this ADPZ definitely has a better matchup against this as opposed to Combosation. They both are just kind of that same flavor of taking the extra prizes and using Zashin as the main attacker. So you can't really, you know, you're splitting hairs when you're saying, oh, yes, this matchup uh, is a little bit more favored or or a little less favored. I I think they both kind of feel pretty similar. Yeah, at least in the absence of of Crushing Hammer, I would agree. Yes, Um, right. But then, you know, there's always, again, it's that same idea where players might start to foresee that and maybe incorporate cards like crushing hammer but then that'll yeah. lead to cards like you know the combo zashian deck being more successful and you know it's just well an endless... to an extent i think also if you are going to play adpz you just throw in three crushing ha- or three uh energy switch because i've been i've been playing with them yeah uh, the three energy switch the higher count i've been really trying to push that in kind of my testing and finding that it's just it's not just useful on the first turn but it's also useful in the later turns and again since adpz is kind of coming back and we're looking at a shift away from hammers but since adpz is coming back then you want that higher count of energy switch so that you can get the first turn adp (laughs) attack off in the mirror especially going second yeah yeah exactly and so i like the higher count you play three energy switch it gives you a lot of mobility i've also really liked in terms of the adp decks uh, that they can get by without playing Jirachi. And that is the, those are the builds that I have really enjoyed. The ones that play a, you know, at least one to Dene, probably two, and then an Eldegoss. And then you're just kind of going for as fast as you can and then playing a bunch of things like either Acrobike um, or the Order Pad and just getting all your stuff out as soon as you can and not really caring about that mid to late game. Yeah, and... With the advent, of course, of Dragapult, it's harder and harder to justify the space for multiple Jirachi on your board. And that's exactly. something we've that's, talked about yes. multiple times. Though. Yes, exactly, exactly. So we're seeing the, the decks being built in a way to accommodate the kind of X factor that Dragapult has. We've talked about it on the cast a lot in the past where Dragapult just has these kind of intangibles that make it this really good deck. And one of the things that it does 
Is it just snipes? Those set up Pokemon really, really well. It makes playing down a Jirachi a real liability. And if you're playing a deck that's focused around Jirachi, there are times where you just like, you know, you really need to have one because your hand is kind of dead at the end of the game. But then you also know that playing it down, if you're facing it against a Dragapult, could literally mean you lose the game just by doing <laughs> that. So uh, is that's a really interesting thing as well. I think going away from the Jirachi builds of ADPZ is what we will see, what I've been liking, and I think just fares a little bit better in the Dragapult matchup. Yeah, so... I think you and I are largely on the same page. Um, we're both pretty big Zacian fans, both pretty big ADP Zacian fans, have been for a while now. Um, I think it's found a nice foothold in this format. I also, I'm also, i a big fan of the combo Zacian because I like the, the tempo of the deck. Yeah, um, sure. So it's really fun to play, but I think ADP Zacian brings like an extra level of consistency in its game plan that yeah. is hard to match with any other deck. Right. But I think we've called out a specific deck multiple times now uh, to the point where we have to specifically delve into it. And that's, of course, going to be the Dragapult deck. Um, yeah. Like we've mentioned before, Dragapult puts a lot of pressure on the Spiritomb decks, which the Spiritomb decks are putting a lot of pressure on uh, unchecked Zacian decks. Yeah. And so there's like a. Obviously, there's a somewhat of a triangle. I think Zacian probably fares better against Spiritomb than Spiritomb fares against <laughs> Dragapult. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, <laughs> but Dragapult is is a huge deck. It's been really popular yeah. at all the Limitless events. It's just a cool, fun deck. People love damage spread. I love damage spread. Um, yeah. Do you think Zacian is a top-tier choice heading into this weekend? And if so, why? Uh, Dragapult. Or sorry, Dragapult. Uh, do yeah. you think Dragapult remains a top tier choice heading into this weekend? And if so, why? Yeah, for sure. I just think it'll be the play for a lot of the just, I think, generally better players will play tend to shift towards Dragapult. Uh, I feel like it's the deck that uh, just has the most skill involved in terms of, you know, you're, you're placing damage counters. I mean, so anytime you have that kind of choice on that kind of scale, you're going to have players that play it better and players that play it worse. I think some of the biggest um, positives for Dragapult are very solid Blacephalon matchups. Has a really, you know, it has a decent time into Zacian uh, combo decks and then can just really uh, kind of run almost every deck kind of out of the field. It, it takes care of a lot of the rogue things. It has good, you know, matchups against things like Mill. And so... I generally just see Dragapult as like, uh, alongside Picaram as like the safe plays for this tournament. Yeah. And something that I think is really interesting about decks currently is they really punish slow starts from your opponent. Hmm. Um, yeah. And so what I mean by that is if you whiff early on, the Spear and Tomb decks get a free turn of counters. The ADP decks get a free attachment. The Dragapult decks put damage all over your board before you can do anything. Uh, yeah. So if I had to say one thing heading into Players' Cup, it's have a consistent deck. Um, yes. That's more important, I think, than teching for your matchups. Because even if you're teched for these various matchups, they get such a leap and bound ahead of you if you happen to stumble. Um, yeah. And that's true That's true for all of the decks we mentioned so far, and also true for the other deck that you plugged slightly there in Picaram. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Picaram infamously punishes you if it if you're slow to start because they that's, get that's full. Right. <laughs> yeah i mean we talk about a consistent clock of adp but picaram almost has 
uh just that more consistent clock you're pretty much like if you're if you're not getting a turn two full blitz like something has gone horribly horribly wrong right and so it puts a lot of pressure on and we saw it you know in I, i'll use the limitless four uh, final standings is kind of like our barometer for the players cup. And we just saw an insane amount of peak ROM make top 16. It was six peak ROM, I believe in the top 16, <laughs> which is just pretty absurd. Now it didn't win, didn't make finals, but it had such a strong showing that just put, I mean, it, it just says, Hey, this deck is still very, very relevant uh, because it has all these tools available to it and it's consistent and it can one shot and it can snipe the bench. Um, just a lot of things going for Pikaram, and I expect it to be the most played deck heading into the weekend. Interesting. So that, then you're saying you're putting a call to arms then for the Spiritomb players. <laughs> I don't know. Call to arms for the... Yeah, I mean, it's like... But then, so Spiritomb, maybe um, if you're expecting to hit a lot of Pikaram, and then like Blacephalon also, if you're expecting to hit a lot of Pikaram, I, I, I don't know quite... Um, you know, a lot of these decks just kind of feel like, <laughs> like, you know, you're throwing your hands up in the air because they all just have this little, like the margin, you're kind of winning in the margins in some of these yeah. matchups where I'm not really feeling like, oh, it's a hundred, you know, it's, it's, it's an auto win for one deck. Um, there are, there are certainly some matchups. I think like Pikaram into Dragapult is very solidly favored for Pikaram, but a lot of these matchups are kind of, well, if, you know, if they play this one card and they hit it at this right time, then they can win the matchup or whatever it is. They, they feel a lot, you know, of, of, um, across the board, just even matchups. So it's hard to say like, oh yes, since Pikaram is good, then absolutely everyone should sp play Spiritomb. Um, it's hard to say that, I think. Sure. Sure. And I think this meta is relatively close amongst the top tier decks. Um, in my opinion that, and feel free to dissent with me here that top tier and i wouldn't fault you for playing any of them would be zashin variants be a combo and adp it'd be dragapult it'd be pikaram spiritomb and i think blacephalon kind of fits itself just outside of that that range yeah yeah and i do like blacephalon as a deck <laughs> i yeah. really haven't said anything about uh anything negative about the, any of these decks I, I would stay away from something like ultimate mewtwo uh, that's probably not a deck just for, for me that I would ever recommend somebody to play. But I mean, even a deck like Blacephalon, like I think that's a great choice yeah. for this tournament. And you look at, you can do things against your bad matchups. I mean, you you house Pigaram, um, you know, Spiritomb, it, it can be one. Um, it just, you know, it's is very close. They have a little bit more of a, of a, um, easier way to drum up attackers than you do but uh can be you know you're both of these one prize decks and then you know something like combosation you know okay maybe potentially like a decent decent matchup depending on whether or not they can get out their one prizer and if you can get around it uh dragapult there are some things you can do with blacephalon into dragapult so like it's generally a bad matchup i think for blacephalon but not not by much i wouldn't say by a, a ton um, but you can go Cramorant. If you can get an early Cramorant into a Dragapult, then you're generally at an advantage because you're just kind of forcing the action when Dragapult wants to just hold back for at least three turns, try to get a couple of Dragapult built up. Yeah. And so if you can force the early Cramorant on them, then, you know, the game changes a lot. Um, there's, yeah, again, there's just like, generally the strategy is against these, a lot of these decks is very, um, 
you know, it's just very close amongst these sure. decks and, and maybe a little bit of a different strategy change or a different tech here and there uh, at the right time can maybe win the game for you. So are there any decks that you've seen either like on the fringe or that are somewhat popular um, within the Rebel Clash format that you think are just not it, that you shouldn't play this weekend? Um, And that you absolutely shouldn't play? Like I wouldn't look at anything uh, Mewtwo-based to play this weekend. I think it's a little too volatile. Uh, I wouldn't look at Mill this weekend. I wouldn't look at like Firebox at all for this weekend. Um, those are the three that really stand out to me. Obstagoon? <laughs> Obstagoon, I don't like it. I don't think it's a bad play. I do think that if Spiritomb is on the way out, then that's a good matchup for Obstagoon that it loses. Sure. So I don't love that either. I would look at Obstagoon as, as like, if you expect Picaram to be big, I would hate to run into a lot of Picaram as an Obstagoon player. You can beat it. It's not crazy. <laughs> but it's just very, very difficult to get around the paralysis and the sniping and whatever else that they play in uh, you know, in Picaram to kind of deal with with the Obstagoon. It's kind of like these soft counters that Picaram plays. So I would just be scared to play Obstagoon because you're going to face a lot of Picaram players uh, that have probably played the deck. You know, it, I mean, that's like the oldest deck that we have. So everyone yeah. knows how to play Picaram. And the, the play and so, style has really been the same the entire time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I would just be scared to to play that matchup if I were the Obstagoon player. Sure. Yeah, that matchup is definitely tough. And then you lose to Dragapult too. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's hard to recommend that one. Yeah, there's definitely definitely some difficulties there for the goons, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we've assembled quite the array of decks here. Um, I I think JW and I are largely on the same page about that five or so decks that sit at the top. Let's talk about what we actually expect, though. Do we expect the meta to be largely distributed between those? I personally think that Picaram is probably going to be one of if not the most popular decks however i'll put an asterisk by that that there we found that glitch with the ground not you and i specifically but there was a yeah. glitch found with tag switch yeah um, and there is a workaround of just to play slower but you know i have to imagine the glitch is more well known than the workaround <laughs> and I yeah. wonder if that alone will cause Picaram to significantly lose a player base. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. It could. I would say that the people that are really, um, you know, looking to play Picaram have probably been playing it for a long time. Uh, at least have a lot of experience with Picaram as like a primary deck. So I would think that those people, you know, would be all caught up to date, you know, on uh, the the bug and like it wouldn't really phase. I, so I, I feel like I don't it's think easy that that to miss the one tweet that announced how to get around the bug. And <laughs> What's that? I feel like it's easy to miss like the one tweet that's out there about uh -huh. how to deal with the bug. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, maybe Pokemon has sent a letter out to the players. I don't know. I mean, even then, like, I don't know. I would be a little nervous to play Pikachu because like I just wouldn't want to randomly lose a game because that happened yeah that, that would be really sad i <laughs> as as soon as all these bugs got kind of announced like that the tag switch but also if you remember a couple of days ago like the double supporter <laughs> yeah with the professors <laughs> like 
I, I'm a little nervous at how this Players Cup is going to go. Not to take us too far off topic of the metagame, but I'm a little bit nervous that, you know, I'm hoping that they don't, like, discover a new bug. Yeah. You know, that so would just let's put a pin everything. in bugs for now. We can come back to, like, <laughs> you know, systemically, how, what do we think of the Player Cup? Um, yeah. What do you think of meta, though? I think un- in an untouched world, Pikarama is probably the most popular deck. Yeah, um, yeah. I would put it. I would put it at about like twenty percent of the field. Like I think it will be just that popular. Um, players will play it. Uh, it's always been played. It's the oldest deck in the format. We just got trainer kits. Like anyone that didn't have it. Like let's say you're a player that had a lot of tickets that grinded into the players' cup, but maybe didn't have a meta deck. You know, you're looking at what to play. You got this new uh, battle kit that you can go <laughs> and play Pikram. Um, you know, almost right off rip. You know, I, I think it'll just be. 15 to 20 percent of the metagame yeah i totally agree are there any other decks that you think will stand out in particular i mean we called out what we think are the best decks do you think those will all sit at like a similar range yeah i mean if you combine zashin variants then you know then you're looking at something that competes with pikaran maybe in the 15 to 25 percent range but uh you know if you're separating them i would expect adp to have about 10 percent and, and the combo to have you know 10 to 15 percent of the metagame um dragapult will be played i think by the better players and we'll you know it won't be played a ton i think it'll have somewhere around you know five to ten percent a little bit on the lower side and then you have kind of everything else like blissafalon i expect to see about ten percent of the meta and then spiritum maybe about five percent and then everything else in that last whatever 25 percent that's sure yeah do some napkin math on that one yeah (laughs) somebody let me know uh leave a comment on the uh on the show and let me know how close i was i i largely agree with your tearing off there i think peek around will sit at the top you'll get zashin variants occupying around the same realm combined yeah uh, and then you'll stagger down with pretty much exactly how you expect them to fall in terms of popularity Yeah. Um, yeah exactly and some um some maybe outside decks that maybe could perform well i look at one being Lucario Melmetal. That's been a deck that's just kind of been around. It's always been just around. Man. It's just been around. Like <laughs> I, I would consider it rogue just because it, it is kind of based around this counter strategy. And so Lucario Melmetal can can go against Pikaram, can beat Combosation and Dragapult. Like those are the two matchups that it was really destined to uh, perform well against. So that's another deck that I would look at and say, you know, if it, if somebody grinded in with Lucario Melmetal, like I would not be surprised at all. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So let's then talk about those glitches and systemically about the Players Cup. Um, we've called out for what feels way too long about the TCGO client being relatively flawed. Um, yeah. And now we're at the point where there is actual money on the line. Yeah. So... To recap some of the glitches we've seen so far, uh, there's the one we called out with Pikaram with Tag Switch. So for the listeners, if you play a Tag Switch in present day, so early July of 2020, <laughs> if you happen to be listening in the future, if you play a Tag Switch and you happen to go to do an action before the animation on the Tag Switch is complete, your game just freezes effectively and you're unable to do anything else. So... You, you yeah. lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you just have to pass out or or time out. I assume it. Uh, I haven't I, seen I the full. 
I, don't I haven't seen the full the animation, video, but yeah. I don't know if it like if it comes back after like on your next turn. No, but... I I don't think you can do anything ever. Oh, you okay? Yeah, that's so yeah, it's so weird. So we've seen that. We've seen the double supporter. Yeah, and do you know what happens with that one? I think you have to play a research first. I don't know quite the extent to that, but I think it's like you have to play research first and then you can play another supporter. Do you think Pokemon and... will do anything for that one? Like if people actively use that. Uh, how do you, how do you work around that? I mean, I guess that one's like a choice. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you can actively decide whether or not you, yeah, that that one seems like that one seems like a, an email gets sent out and they say, Hey, uh, if you're caught double supportering, then you're eliminated from the tournament. That one seems like a pretty easy one because they'll have judges and they can look at the game log. I think it's still counted in the game log. So I would imagine that one should be pretty easy. And then there's also, I, I don't quite know if they've fixed this yet, but there, at least in the past, there's been, you know, the um, metal frying pan, or excuse me, not metal frying pan, metal goggles. They did fix the goggles. They did fix the goggles. Okay. Yeah. But just to document that there have been a few other bugs, and there's probably some more bugs that we still haven't figured out. I oh, mean, there's the Zamazenta. The, yeah, the Zamazenta into the black market. Yeah. So, context there. <laughs> Black market, you need to have a dark energy on your Pokemon to prevent the prize yeah. from being taken. Zamazenta removes special energy, so if that dark energy happens to be a rainbow, the way it should work is the Zamazenta should attack. The effect of its attack should activate, discarding the rainbow, and then the knockout check happens after effects of attacks. So yeah. you should have no energy on the Pokemon at the time of a knockout <laughs> check. And I I just don't think like the, the client really has those phases, to be honest. Yeah. Like, there's actual steps that you're supposed to take when you attack, and I don't think the client actually thinks about those steps. So it just kind of does it all at once. Yes. <laughs> and then, so it's, like, knocked out and the energy is removed at the same time. And, right. And so it does the check while the energy is still on it. Uh, it's just, yeah. it's bizarre. But that that has decided games in recent history. <laughs> I, exactly, yeah. You're so right. You're so right. So I'm really hoping for... For everyone's sake, that this is a very smooth event, but there are kind of these little indicators that it might not go as smooth as we want it to. And I'm really hoping that, you know, as it's the first event um, for Pokemon, that that either it goes very smoothly or it doesn't. And it's like a huge wake up call if it already hasn't been uh, that something uh, maybe more resources need to be need to be siphoned into this because we probably won't have organized play for at least the rest of this year. And I, I couldn't see it happening, um, you know, at least in the first half of 2021. So I just hope that things get solved with the, with the online client and that these bugs can get fixed really quickly and effectively. And that more resources are put into the online game. Cause as we've seen, it's been very popular I, I would say, I mean, it, it had a lot of entrance. A lot of people are working towards this and um, it could be a really great thing. Yeah. And I, and we don't say this out of like a lack of love, right? Like we want to right. see the game succeed and be the best it can be. So it's unfortunate that in my mind, it's not at that state yet. You know, we aren't the yeah. best we can be quite yet. Um, yeah yeah well and then you look at just how much is on the line like we're talking thousands you know, of multiple multiple thousands of dollars or, or you know fifteen hundred dollars or whatever it is it's like that is just you don't want to be trying to get into the top four 
and then you play a tag switch and you you know do another animation too quickly like it's just that that would just be such a heartbreaking way to to go out yeah. so i hope it doesn't end like that so i i sincerely hope that everyone has clean fun games in the players cup i'm excited to see how it pans out i hope that we don't have anything so impactful that it drastically changes the results of the event um, yeah in the event that we do i i hope that jw's right and that and serving serves as a wake-up call to that we need to have more active engagement with our development and make sure that the game is functional you know that's that's just the nicest way we can put it that it's functional to the standards that it should be um, right and you know we, we can't expect pure perfection like obviously any any sort of gaming client is going to have bugs um right <laughs> that's just that's just the nature of the beast but sure. we can do our best to minimize them and actively be engaged with our development teams to make sure that they're eliminated as quickly as possible especially if there's something that has a significant impact on the game um so I, I hope we see more resources there going forward. Absolutely. And and really, I I can't emphasize enough, though. I hope everyone has a great time at the Players' Cup who's playing. Uh, you, you did earn it, no matter what people say, no matter what trash people talk. Like, you put yes. the effort in. You earned that position in the Players' Cup. I hope that you pick the deck that you personally enjoy. For me, that yeah. would be a Zashian deck. For JW, that sounds like it'd also be a Zashian deck. Um and you just yeah. play, you play your heart out, man. Like that's yeah, absolutely. This is a really this is a really cool thing. Uh, it'll be just very interesting to see the results. And like Riley said, uh, I wish everyone that plays in the Players Cup like all the best. I hope you have just a great, phenomenal experience. I hope that Pokemon, uh, you know, just runs a very smooth event. I'm sure that they will. I have I have hope in that. And I just enjoy it because yes, like Riley said, you put in the work, you did your time, you played by the rules. And you're gonna, you know, potentially get this reward, and so just enjoy it, have a great time, and play your best. Yeah, yeah, and I, I hope that Pokemon does more stuff like this because, you know, they announced our season, but like we talked about last week, it's what is realistically, yeah, possible for a season. Yeah, at least you know, and it, granted, JW and I come with the biased lens of the United States, where COVID nineteen is just a mess right now and continuing to get worse <laughs> so, yes yes so, you know maybe in europe they could feasibly hold tournaments but certainly not in the united states of america for <laughs> the foreseeable future that's right yeah <laughs> to put it, to put it right. bluntly um which which kind of sucks man i i, I really want to be able to just play physical cards yeah it does really suck i've i've been missing it recently i've been playing in the old pokestats retro formats and i've been having a great time but it just gets me fired up to play you know irl competitions is there a retro format that you've particularly enjoyed well this is my first one i'm doing the breakthrough to crimson invasion so this is decidueye zorark yeah sylveon stall gardevoir zorark uh greninja buzzwool lycanroc lycanroc zorark well, so the problem is that I would have played Pod, but you have to go pass pass on your first turns, so you can't make use of Wimpod's retreat. Oh, what? Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, so so because the just the rule because you can't have like retro format rules, you can't change the rules of the game. Yeah. So like the rules back then are different than what they are now. So in order to try to mitigate that, you have to go pass pass uh, for the opening turn so that the first person can play a supporter. 
and then it just it's a little complicated oh wow yeah <laughs> i didn't even think about that having an impact on wind pod yeah yeah so then you can't retreat because sometimes you you know a lot of times actually you would like to retreat but <laughs> that's, that's a bummer fun. you still got to a rock i guess you do you do <laughs> you do but i played i'm playing zork gardevoir yeah that's a fun deck i mean imagine not playing puzzles <laughs> in that format yeah i couldn't see it bro i couldn't see it <laughs> puzzles are what a crazy card <laughs> I know, I know. I was just reminded. Like, I hadn't touched these cards in two years. And just getting back to playing this format, it was a lot of fun. I didn't play a ton back then. Like, I was working during that time period. But I definitely still, like, was caught up with all the internationals and uh, still tried to do some local events. And I just, yeah, man, so fun, dude, with the puzzles. And you get back all these crazy combos. And uh, it's so fun. You can play, like, one of cards and reliably play them, like, once or twice or three times in a game it's great. <laughs> you're telling me man you're telling me i, I built a regional off that that's right <laughs> <laughs> puzzle of time man. what a classic is there any format that you'd love to revisit is there one that sticks out to you well i'd like to go back to i think it was 2013 fort wayne regionals format because i had the best deck of Empoleon Roserade recycle and I didn't win the tournament and I I was very sure that I want that I would have won the tournament because I had good matchups against the dark decks which there's like dark Rye hydragon there's like just straight dark uh there was ho-oh you know which is a good matchup because you got a water attacker um there was you know just a lot of good matchups for my Empoleon deck that I created <laughs> that I never got the chance to showcase because back then it was a it was a bracket style top 32 and I ended up facing uh, an okay matchup like a, a pretty favorable matchup but then had a very bad starter all three games oh no and just couldn't <laughs> and then I had bad luck at the end of game three and it's a whole thing but I won't go into it anymore but I would like to revisit that format <laughs> to prove that I had the best <laughs> well I hope you can get that opportunity one day sir <laughs> <laughs> great Thankfully, TCGO should have that whole era of cars. So, yeah, exactly. So right maybe, you. maybe where there's a will, there's a way. There certainly is. I mean, you could host <laughs> it yourself. You've been doing your tournaments too. Yeah, I have. Yeah, uh, that's a good plug for these tournaments. I've been running tournaments for the last couple months over my Discord. So if you are not in the Discord and you would like to play tournaments, uh, just follow me on Twitter. I think it's in the Twitter bio or it's in YouTube. Follow me at youtube.com slash righteous. Been doing a lot of uh, videos recently just about different uh, different products that have been coming out. And, you know, these retro formats have been really fun to play. I think they offer a lot of insight into just how I think about matchups. I think they've been yeah. really valuable. Like, I've been going back and watching them again, and it's kind of the mindset that I have during these games is I think really valuable even to a person that isn't planning on playing this format. Uh, but a lot of things you can learn, like for instance, the last round that I played, was really interesting because I played against a, a deck that I wasn't too familiar with in Sylveon stall. And when we were first playing, I didn't know that he was playing Sylveon stall. So I made some mistakes in my gameplay. <laughs> and then it's like, kind of, I, I go over how, you know, you can, learn about a matchup 
in the first game and then come back and change your strategy up for games two and three. And that's just a really interesting thing. I think that would benefit a lot of players. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Very sick. So I, I think we've reached a good point to, to start opening up to chat. Uh, if you all have any questions, be it about the current meta, the Players' Cup, or any of these past formats or general thoughts about poke, now is a good time to ask. I see one in the chat here, Count the Money, asks, is Pikaram going to be good post-rotation? Parentheses, please say no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I couldn't see it. I think the loss of... Yeah, they lose a lot of things, but the loss of the Electro Power is going to be a big, big hit for Pikaram just because it's going to be... It's going to rely on Bolton to get the one-shots, which... Not saying that Bolton can't do it, but it just takes all this energy uh, attached to do it. So I, I don't think Pikram is going to survive. Um, right. Certainly, I mean, it, it literally cannot survive in its current state, but I, I don't think it'll be even, you know, a tier two. To, it might be a tier two deck uh, post-rotation. Yeah, my, my guess is that it'll probably fall down fairly significantly, Electropower being the main the main reason Pikaram really needs it to get the numbers that keeps it at a tier one deck uh, yeah because what makes Pikaram so good is it can consistently one to two hit ko everything in the format um so full blitz for 150 just isn't as impressive as you know doing all sorts of crazy math right i mean it's crazy how that 10 damage and we talk a little bit about magic numbers and magic numbers here for pikaram is 160. it plays an electro power so now it can hit 180 so it can one shot like a dedene and eldegoss those are very relevant yeah. pokemon to be able to one shot on the on the you know opponent's bench um and and just that 10 damage difference like we're we're not talking about a lot here but that 10 damage difference is I think what's going to be the gatekeeper for Pikaram. Like if you could do 160, you might have a uh, you might have a thought that okay, well you can two shot a lot of the V maxes, you know, and then you can just make it work. Eventually you'll get enough energy on the board, you can get a Bolton going, but it just doesn't look that way um, at 150 and losing the damage boost. You could do something like with the Vitality Band, but I I just couldn't. I don't know. I, yeah, the I problem can't is see you can get scrapped between turns. So if you're relying on 160 twice for two to KO, and you know, granted, right. like tag still a thing, and so you know, Pikaram probably isn't wiped off the map, but I think right, it cause, loses because Mew is gone. I believe. No, it's not. So, no, Mew is not gone. Got... <laughs> no, Mew came yeah. out after Pikaram. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> so, good call. Sorry. Sorry. So... I... Yeah. You're right. You're right. So Pikaram is here. Then. For sure, Mew is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, get bodied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think what keeps Pikaram really relevant, though, is that it can do a lot of burst damage uh, with those Electro Powers. And yes. so losing that, you might as well just play like a more straightforward, like Bolton variant or some other like electric deck that can hit those weaknesses, but also has some more niche uses like the Vicolol. Right. Exactly. Uh, we have one here. Hyped on Inteleon VMAX. Yes. I really like Inteleon. <laughs> JW is a big fan. Things big potentially stand. slow down a little bit, and I think that is exactly what Inteleon needs. <laughs> what about Double Welder? Referencing Jolly Flying Man. Double Welder is such a cool deck to emerge from the last Sunday Open. I mean, I don't know who... I mean, I created that deck, so yeah, I know it's a good deck. Yeah. <laughs> You didn't create Double Welder. <laughs> Bro, I did. That's not true. 
Name someone who had a YouTube video about it before me. A YouTube video, maybe not, but I know for sure you didn't create the idea. Bruh, bruh, you th what do you think? Who do you think created the idea? <laughs> if mean, I created it on my own, did I create the idea? Right, no you're, you're like that guy on else. you're like that guy on Twitter who said that he invented the Frankenstein monster. <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> no, I didn't see this. This is some Twitter thread about how like the author of Frankenstein should be you know lauded because she was a a female author who created a long-standing like horror staple creature. Okay. And this random dude comes up and he's like, well, actually, before I even heard of the Frankenstein monster, I came up with the same thing. And so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that was written in like the 1800s or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, I guess, yes. but you also lived in, you know, you lived in a world where there was post Frankenstein monsters. So like you were probably subtly influenced by the culture too. Right, right. That's funny. It's so goofy. That's really funny. <laughs> Will control survive and how might it change? Uh, does control even really lose a lot from rotation? I don't. I mean, I don't believe so. I don't believe so. I need to go look up. Like, yeah, I need to go look up the exact cards. Yeah. But. So I, I want to say that control survival will just be pretty. I mean, control loses a Ranguru. Yeah, I guess it does. Um, Articuno GX as well. Hmm. Yeah, without a Ranguru, you probably are are donezo with typical control lists i think you'll we'll probably see a shift back to wall control if anything um if we come out with cards that can facilitate that so something more yeah. like so, decidui based yeah something like decidui hoopa kind of like echoing back to hoopa kind of decks um yeah i can't believe i forgot about ranger um but more like hoopa style decks um also stuff like the uh stone journer v max that is like half control half attacker where it's like really tanky and just survives and sure and then, yeah your opponent. yeah exactly and then getting the new uh the it's like reverse strong energy yeah like i i forget what it's called it's like yeah stone strong stone energy yeah. maybe that sounds about right stone tough energies like i don't know <laughs> thick energy yeah, I, I really i'm a big fan of the new special energy the, it's interesting to see the metal one. energy trademark effect pretty much be put on a fighting energy. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm right. It, the, all these new specials are very interesting. Yeah, I like them a lot, for sure. Same here. What else we got, chat? I'm excited to see what the future brings. And that not just rotation, but I think uh, this era of Pokemon has been interesting. I've liked the card design a lot. Uh, it's It's been fun to see. Sure, and I hope we get to collab, Riley. I hope you want to like play some more online stuff so we can make some decks together. Yeah, yeah, I've been struggling to like build up the motivation to play in the online things. I was talking to my friend about this the other day, like, yeah, and not really for any particular reason. Like, I still love Pokemon. Like, I still will like play solitaire hands of my physical decks, but yeah. just like something about these online things is not scratching my itch. Man, I don't know how I can uh, how I can get you to to scratch that itch. Well, I've something been that has been interesting me though is uh, my friends have started cubing in tabletop simulator. Yes, which that actually that sounds fun. I'll yes. say that. Absolutely. <laughs> so maybe maybe I'll have to upload a a cube of my own or upload like Andrew's cube into the 
Oh yeah, let's up. do Andrew's cube and put in one Reshazard. Yeah, the, the only way to play it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Last question of the day from Count to Money: If and when would any ban slash changes be announced for expanded? So, what kind of things do we think we would be banned? I think scoop up net, shaman ex, like I think the usual suspects, um, Trev Noir, good contender, Gengar Mimikyu, good contender. Yeah. Uh, the um, melodic, melodic, yeah, melodic would be a good one too. Yeah. Ranger twelve asking what solitaire hands, just like playing out the the deck as if there was an opponent there. Usually, usually what I do is I'll just like shuffle up the deck, play it, and I'll assume the worst possible thing happens to me every single turn, <laughs> <laughs> and see if I can do something about it. So like, uh, the, the one of the main decks that I have sleeved up right now is just my Snorlax deck from Collinsville. And so, you know, I'll get pseudo Udo and you know, I'll get Parallel City every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so just going back to Dan, uh, when would we expect expanded uh, bands to be announced? I don't foresee Pokemon doing an expanded format online tournament, although I obviously have no insider information. If they did do an expanded tournament, I would expect there to be bands before then. Yeah, so I, I, I would guess the when is just predicated on when the first like tier two sanctioned uh expanded event exactly yep so you might get some crazy league challenges though one day pre-ban <laughs> that's true <laughs> <laughs> so you know i guess you could sneak that in if you want that's right sure could so very good guys thank you again for uh listening tonight we had just a great chat about the metagame and what to expect for the players cup and it was just a really great time having you please uh make sure if you're not already follow riley here leave us a comment if you're listening on spotify or itunes and we have just been i'm i'm really proud riley we've just been the most consistent uh (laughs) tag team you know duo here in the game for like the last two years and that's just really really great i'm very proud of our work me too man so be sure to check everyone out on our respective social medias i'm smiles of Barrels on twitter and we got real john walter on twitter and of course jw's twitch channel flex daddy righteous also is youtube jw is going to be streaming three days a week still that's right three days a week uh, does an awesome job. I've always thought JW had a knack for streaming, which is the whole reason we started this in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I will catch you all next time. Peace. See ya.